0: I felt so much and now, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't say I like it, but it doesn't bother me. I just see it as a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And it pushes me to to move forward. And yeah, like you said, people that I, I, I truly believe, and I'm 100% convinced that if you can't fail, if you cannot accept failure, you're never going to succeed, ever.
1: You're listening to Ecomonics, a beautified podcast your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. I'm glad this episode with Mark Chapon came around when it did. It gave me a chance to compare his unique approach to dropshipping and e-commerce using artistically minded resources like Etsy and Pinterest to the others I've talked to so far. What you'll learn from this episode is that you can have an approach to this industry that suits you and works for you. Mark Chapin, good to have you here. Thank you so much for being on Ecomotics, the Debutify podcast. Thanks for having me anytime so we have to begin with the question of all questions is who are you and what do you do
0: so my name is Marc Chapon and I was born and raised in Morocco but I'm actually French my background is in the hospitality in hospitality management and the culinary arts and that's how I started working in kitchens all over the world in the U.S. in Spain in Switzerland in France in Paris and the thing is, that's my main passion. I love food, and and you know, obviously, if you check my, my Instagram profile, you're gonna see like <laughs> all around food. But I may
1: or uh, I may not be looking at it right now as you're talking to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, I always loved making food, but something was missing. Since I was young, I always wanted to create something for myself, and I always had had a hard time blending in in companies. You know, and I know a lot of people say that they don't like to have bosses, and they and they. Complain about the bosses and stuff. But me, like, it's just, I couldn't breathe working for somebody else to the point that I was really anxious. I was truly unhappy. And, you know, this fact speaks for itself. I got fired like five times in, in a couple of years, mm-hmm. a 5 different job. And it's just because I couldn't I couldn't blend in. I couldn't just not say what I, you know, what I had on my mind, what I had on my heart. And it just wasn't made for me. So at one point, I just started to, you know, double in the internet. And then I realized, like, uh, discovered, like, uh, you know, social market social media marketing, things like this. And then I did some affiliate marketing and so on. And it's just I just wanted to find a way to create like a yeah, a business for myself without spending too much money. And so I started like like I said, just, you know, reading information, random information on the internet. And then I just decided I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna stop everything. I'm gonna quit everything. I went back to live with my parents uh, which was you know a huge sacrifice because i, I was independent i was uh, living in my flat i had my i had a nice girlfriend at the time and it just was i just left everything and started my business from scratch everything you know a lot of people thought i was crazy my parents uh, they've always been very supportive because my, my dad's an entrepreneur as well so he understands mm-hmm. but uh was very, yeah it was was tough in the beginning but i knew it was the right decision and yeah, and it just took me a few months and and of really hard, hard work. I was like working nonstop, I was not doing anything else. And it started to pay off. So that's that's pretty much yeah, that's how pretty much how I started. Uh, like I said, I started with a social media agency then affiliate marketing, but then what really caught my was e-com. I always loved creating brands and, and designs and things like this. So I don't know. I love the idea. And then I started, I was, I just loved the, I enjoy the journey. You know, I love the process. That's why I tell my students all the time it's like enjoying the process is more important than, than, than reaping the, the reward because mm-hmm. you, that's how you become happy. And that's what, that's what really fulfills you, you know? So yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I started and pretty much who I am uh, in a, in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. I can certainly relate to that issue as well. You know, I, I haven't exactly been keeping track in a log or anything, but I was, removed from about four or five jobs, uh, yeah. two, which was my fault, uh, two, just because uh, they just didn't, it was a global company. they couldn't uh, handle everybody outside of their home country. And, you know, it can be frustrating because sometimes we do well and yeah. then we lose our position and it's yeah. out of our hands. Yeah. And sometimes we you know we don't, we don't gel and we don't get along with people and it is in our hands and it is the reason why we, we get terminated. So for me, and and maybe you felt this way too, but for me, the reason why I started pursuing media as my main profession is that, really, I wasn't, I didn't really have anywhere else to go by that point. You know, I I tried to do it the traditional way, and it just booted me out. So said, "No, no, no, you can't do this the traditional way. This is not what you're meant for."
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I knew that I wasn't made for like you said, traditional way, just doing what everybody else did, and uh, like I had, I had like. Um, kind of a weird childhood because I was, uh, you know, I had dyslexia and people made me feel like I was different. So mm-hmm. since I'm, I'm a kid, I was always the the weird kid, the different kid, you know, and I always had a hard time blending in. I was always different than everybody else. And I wasn't, you know, the cool kid or anything when I was in, in, in high school. And I was, yeah, pretty much, you know, bullied on and things like this. So it was, it's just just shaped me into who I am today. And, uh, I think that's why I couldn't blend in and do what everybody else because I wasn't everybody else. I was always different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind
1: of. I'll tell you a quick story about uh, me in elementary school, uh, just to show you how I'm, I'm relating. Uh, and then we'll go into, you know, some yeah, of the stuff in you know, uh, e-commerce. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. but you know, e- our, 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 objective here in Ecomonics is, you know, we'd like to get to know the people too. That's yeah, to really me, good. that's kind of like my, my strong suit anyways. But, part, um, yeah. so they brought in this. I guess it was just this person, I think she worked for a scholastic or one of those book companies and she sits all of us down in a table, me, me and everybody else in the, in the class, all the boys, it was all the boys. Yeah. And she goes around the room and she's asking everybody, so why don't you read more? And one by one, they go, uh, sports, uh, sports. Sports, 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 sports. I guess to me, well, you know, I I don't really feel like uh, I'm reading uh, stuff that uh, that really interests me. I like reading uh, magazines for video games, and sometimes video game magazines they focus on one game in particular, and sometimes they're general. All right, next sports, 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 sports. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I so. it's
1: it's 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 been uh, it's it's been a long road.
0: Yeah, well, it always yeah it always is. I guess it's just it's uh, yeah. never easy, yeah.
1: So let's make sure that uh, the fine audience know what it is that uh, you're up to these days. And I just want to make sure that I've covered all your operations in one fell swoop. So there's the Dropshipping Elite Facebook page and Gold Program, uh, which is its own website with uh, one of the most eye grabbing uh, logos I've ever seen, uh, Spocket <laughs> course, um, and uh, your membership on the Dropshipping Council, and also a Pinterest ads university. Was that, is that everything?
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. It's just uh, like, yeah, to, to summarize again, like yeah, I have the normal group, which is free, the Pinterest elite and on Facebook. I have the mastermind, which is dropshipping elite gold. Uh, like it's, like I said, $47 a month and people can talk to me on messenger and I have obviously my dropshipping businesses. And last but not least, he has the, the newest uh, Pinterest course, because we will probably talk about this later because that's a big point. I, you know, I, I don't believe in using one traffic source, I feel like this is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I always recommend people to use different traffic sources because if Facebook fails or Pinterest fails or anything fails, then you still have a few others that bring you you traffic. And when I started dropshipping, I was only using Facebook, like 99% of other people uh, in the industry. And the thing is, one day you're going to make a lot of money and the other day you're going to lose a lot of money. And it's just not sustainable over the years. And any really good dropshippers, and Richie would be the first one to tell you that you need to use multiple traffic sources. That's why I created the, the Pinterest university to really to teach people how to use it aside from you know the, the traditional Facebook.
1: Excellent. And then since I've been going through each uh, member of the Dropshipping Council in succession, I want to know how you got into it and what's your specialty in the council?
0: Actually, the founding member, Shishir, he contacted me I think he was I was uh, it's Ricky actually I told him about me and uh, he contacted me and said hey I heard about you from Ricky and he said you'd be a great addition to the to council and uh, would you you know would you like to be uh, to join and I said, yeah sure that would, that would be great and I like the idea of you know learning from people that have pretty much the same you know same success and I uh, accomplished accomplish things in in industry because that's the thing with most Facebook groups it's like People ask beginners questions, and that's okay. But when you yeah. reach a certain point, when you are, not the pinnacle, but you, when you reach a certain point, you, you feel lonely because you you, can't, you don't know who to ask, you know? So that, that's, that's the good thing I, I like about the, the Dropshipping Council. And yeah, my specialty there is uh, mostly uh, Pinterest and also a lot of the, I mean, pretty much everything. Since I'm a founding member, I just reply to questions. And also learn a lot, you know, from the members uh, because there's some great members there. So yeah, just learn a lot from them and, and answer pretty much everything. And, and again, my my category, like just for me is Pinterest. But again, I, I just, mm-hmm. I answer in every single one, yeah.
1: Okay. I, I have this a little bit like a, a running uh, campaign in regards to the council is that me being a nerd, Uh, <laughs> I have this uh, picture of like an Arthurian round table where everybody is like a member of the Knights of the Round. Oh, that's cool. So- yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping uh, you, each of you uh, find some way to identify yourself because I noticed some of the people in the e industry like to title themselves like a king or a wizard or a beast. that. So I'm encouraging each and every one of you to come up with something like that. And uh, I will oh, lose an really arm cool. on this. Hill.
0: I like the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a nerd as well. I, I, like, uh, <laughs> I like this. Yeah, it's cool. Sounds cool.
1: Excellent. So, Pinterest. Let's get into it. I have to admit, I was going through a uh, research and I got less of the questions prepared, but it didn't occur to me that Pinterest is really something that you value. And I am sorry about that, but let's uh, no, let's talk about it. So, like, so you get to Pinterest. How did that fit into your overall uh, e-commerce journey, and how did it end up standing out so much to you?
0: I started using Pinterest out of pure necessity. You know, I was actually not struggling with Facebook ads, but I didn't like. The lack of consistency. I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that I could launch a product for a month. It was working fine and it stopped working for no reason. I just hated it. And instead of accepting it, I just figured, okay, I'm just going to work on different platforms. And the thing is, I don't only use Pinterest. I also use, I also use Snapchat, I use Google, I use the main platform out there. But Pinterest is the one that I really liked because, yes, yeah, one of the first one I tried aside from Facebook and really liked the results that I got from there just because because of the consistency. People will tell you, yeah, but I love Facebook because you can scale really hard. Yeah, it's true. But the thing is, like I said, when you scale, then your uh, you know profit margin goes down and uh, it's just, it's not really profitable. Uh, with Pinterest, mm-hmm. I have campaigns that I've been running for more than a year now and I didn't touch anything. Like I didn't, you know, tweak them or anything. And it's still making me profit to that day and I didn't do anything to it. That's what I love about it is the consistency. It's like I can sleep, you know, happily, <laughs> nice and not thinking about, oh my God, my Facebook ads, it gave me so much anxiety, man. Like I had a burnout Mm -hmm. recently. It gave me so much anxiety because it's just like, you're always thinking, oh my God, my my Facebook ads will tank, this will tank, and if the Facebook ads tank, my business will tank. It's not sustainable, like I said, in the beginning of the interview. So I, yeah, that's why I I use Pinterest ads and, and the rest is history. And that's why I, you know, I would never go back. And I use Facebook ads, but I use all of the other platforms and I feel less anxious, you know, more happy and, and, and yeah, and the business is stronger.
1: That's excellent. One thing I can definitely see about Pinterest having an advantage over Facebook is the level of, well, interest cause it's called Pinterest. I realized what I did there, yeah. but people on Facebook there, I, I don't know. it's almost like people go into Facebook. I, I talked about this with, I think this was with, uh, Yashisku, where. People go into Facebook because they're looking to just, just have a discovery, whether they're discovering what somebody made that day or, or, or a wedding or something in the news, yeah. it's all over the place. So people's minds are going all over the place. Uh, one minute they're seeing something about politics. The, the next minute they're seeing a cat video and, and it's very diverse. So them, yeah. me, honestly, I don't, I, I, used Pinterest for about six weeks. I thought it was fine, but there wasn't anything that was drawing me to it. This was, this was years ago. so. What are you seeing about the audience when they go on to Pinterest? Are they going on to, they just kind of looking to be surprised or are people going in there based off their interests and they want to continue to pursue that? Like, is it more about them hunting down their own specificity and their own niche?
0: That's yeah. That's, that's the main thing. Facebook is not designed for e-commerce. It's designed for, it's really a, purely a social platform where people exchange pictures and stuff and, and just like watch random things like, like you, like you just said. Pinterest is almost designed for e-commerce because people go there to get ideas about things they want to buy or they save the idea and the pin to actually come back later and buy it, you know? So it's all about ideas. So then if you have, if you're selling, I don't know, like, what do you say, home decor niche and you're selling like a beautiful, I don't know, lamp or whatever, they will see your lamp. They're like, oh, that's nice. It would be nice for my, uh, you know, for my living room, whatever. And then they save the pin and they come back later and they buy it. And that's the thing. It's like it's a platform where people want to go buy things, or at least get ideas, so they might, you know, buy later. And that's the main difference with Facebook. And also, one of the other uh, different is that it's almost, I would say, Pinterest combines the best of Facebook and the best of Google because you have uh, interest targeting, but you also have keywords targeting. So people are actually, you can use keywords to uh, to launch campaigns and stuff. And when people click, for example, they're going to you know, write lamp or write whatever, your ad's going to appear. And again, now you have a warm traffic. You have somebody that is already interested in, in, in buying something. They're already motivated, which is not like Facebook, where they see your ad out of nothing. They don't want to buy. They, they, they don't have this in, in their mind. It's not, they're not. That's the thing. And uh, that's the main thing, again, with Pinterest it's you you deal with warm traffic a lot and it's way easier to convert warm traffic. Somebody that wants to buy that is in this purchasing mindset. And uh, that's why it's so effective, really. That's that's the main reason. That's why it, it's so good.
1: Yeah, that, that never really clicked for me, but uh, Pinterest is, as a platform, it's doing the remarketing for you because yeah. people pin ideas to their board. Right. So when they go back to their board, it, it's reminding them. And so they're basically, they're seeing that advertisement or, well, I'll ask you about that too, but they're seeing the image in relation to what you're doing, again, for free, basically.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also super cheap compared to uh, to Facebook. I get thousands of views for like, you know, like the quarter of a CPM, not even like uh, of, of Facebook. Like it's just it's just, uh, just crazy cheap. So you get a lot of clicks and uh, good quality clicks as well for, for nothing. And it's just, uh, you can get really cheap conversions. And again, very stable conversions for a very long time. So, and that's, that's what it's all about. I prefer, like that's what I tell people, people may... may not uh, sound sexy. I prefer to make less money, but in a more stable way, rather than make a lot of money and then nothing, and then a lot of money and then nothing. Because first, it's not sustainable. Second, it's really bad on your on on your on your mental health and stuff. It's very very stressful. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's how I do it.
1: Yeah, and and I think too, just from your own life experience, is that you had a number of ups and downs in in your career trajectory. Yeah. So yeah. to be able to recognize that and yeah. to aim for consistency is yeah. a way to, I think, especially uh, helps your well-being.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if Pinterest isn't sexy, then I don't know how Facebook. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. I'll ask you one more question about Pinterest, and then I want to talk to you about some of your uh, your drop shipping strategies. So, for people like myself who maybe really realizing the potential for Pinterest for the first time, what do people do to get started?
0: Well. First, I have a course. So if people want to join, of course, they can learn there. If you obviously, you know, you don't want to pay for the course right away and stuff, you can find out a few uh, introduction videos on YouTube. You can learn a few things. I learned by myself because there's some similarities to Facebook in the beginning and I just started dabbling with it and and started working with it. But uh, yeah, I would say that that's the issue, that there's not not a lot of information. Uh, That's why I created the course, not to make a a crazy amount of money. Uh, But it's just really because there is not there's really not a good information out there. Or you can start just by watching a few videos. Uh, I have an introduction in one of my uh, Facebook group as well. So it's an introduction to Pinterest ads. Again, it's not very uh, advanced, but still it's enough to launch your first a first campaign. So yeah, that's what I would say.
1: Okay, excellent. So the next thing I want to ask you is about you're using Etsy as a dropshipping source. So first thing that comes to my mind regarding Etsy, and it's kind of along the same lines as Pinterest, and that there is an artistic theme throughout both of them. But the thing that I expect about Etsy is that there isn't there's a large variety of, of products but I wouldn't expect there to be a lot of quantity so when I think of Etsy I think artisans and I think craftspeople and they make small batches of products yeah. so it wouldn't occur to me to look on Etsy for suppliers for drop shipping so tell us about how you came up with this uh, strategy and what's the process for it
0: you know not to be cocky or anything but the main difference uh, uh it's okay
1: a little a little is good
0: <laughs> with me and a lot of dropshippers when they started is I wasn't looking to make money quick or and use my customers. I wanted to make people happy and really uh, provide a beautiful product and I was proud of it. And I would I was proud of making people happy because we're selling pleasure. So I really wanted to to make people happy and 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 make what want them to come back, you know? And I realized when I started using AliExpress, which is you know, because everybody was doing it, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try it. I was like dude this is this is really crap crappy products you know we see the shipping the shipping times are just crazy this is not my idea of a good brand the thing is I've studied branding I've studied marketing a bit when I was in hospitality management so I knew those things and I really love those you know those these aspects of marketing the branding and stuff and I didn't believe in 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 AliExpress period I just didn't like the model and the thing is I'm not afraid of taking the you know the path less less traveled, and that's that's what I did. I, I just thought, Okay, I'm not gonna do do uh, AliExpress, which was a bold move because obviously not not a lot of people were doing it. But I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna try it. And everybody was telling me, oh, but you're never never gonna make a profit because the products are super expensive. Oh, but you're never going to find the right product. And I did. And the thing is, it's like everything. the 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 main difference there is like like you said, yes. There's not as many products as on, on on AliExpress, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you know how to look, and for some niches like, for example, jewelry, uh, home decor, baby, and which is you know, dogs and stuff, and big niches like that, you still get a lot of cool products. And that's how I started, and I found some really cool products from really amazing suppliers that you know loved manufacturing their products, and I pretty much bonded with them. You know, I was talking with them on, on WhatsApp. We're exchanging ideas, and it's so much more fulfilling than just buying some crap from AliExpress and then uh, selling it for you know for a more expensive price to somebody else. And it's gonna break in two days, and then they could come back to you and, and and complain. It's just it wasn't it wasn't my idea of a business. So yeah, that's pretty much how I started. Like uh, now, I do a lot of print on demand as well. Which you can find a lot of print demand ideas on, on, on Etsy, which is which is great. And then you, you do it yourself, but you can find the idea and the designs there. But yeah, that's pretty much how I started and, uh, and it was really, it's good. It's great. It's a great model and works really good and you can make a lot of money doing so. And people actually appreciate it and they will give you great reviews and come back.
1: So with the branding side of it. I'm not sure if they have it branded or do you get to apply your own brand to the product once, uh, once you're selling it from your shop?
0: That's the thing. Uh, in the beginning, obviously when you test, you don't brand it right away because you, know, you don't mm-hmm. really know, especially as a beginner, you don't really know if it's going to work or not. So I don't recommend branding right away as a beginner. But when you start seeing some traction and start working, the thing with Etsy is like a lot of suppliers will allow you to have your own packaging, uh, your own logo, and everything. So they will remove that packaging and add your logo and, and everything, which is, you know, can sound crazy. But yeah, they're actually happy to do it. They're good at what they do, which which means that they, they create beautiful products, but they are terrible at marketing. They don't know what they're doing and they just don't know where to start. And that's where we come in. That's why, if you're a marketer, you can really make do a lot of damage there because you sell a product on the, on Facebook or any other platforms that nobody has else has ever seen. So you pretty much have no competition on, on social media, and you sell a beautiful product. So it's just it's win win situation. That's pretty much it. Yeah.
1: Excellent. I mean, that was the that was the next question that I had in the chamber yeah. as well. Is that in your video you talk about how the sellers on Etsy they are great at making their product, but yeah. like you say, they're not good at selling. That's
0: the thing. They just they just don't. Uh, they just don't. They, they it's not that hard, but they just know. It's not their. It's not their business, and you know everybody do their own thing, and it's just yeah, it's not the. It's not in their skill set.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I were to put myself in in their shoes, sometimes my thought would be, uh, depending on how they view being an being an artist, is almost like selling is almost like sacrilege to them. Yeah. Like the idea of selling, like okay, you know, yeah. I just want to help a, a few people here or there, but I don't want to. I don't want to turn into an enterprise. I don't want to turn into an industry. I don't, I don't yeah. want to harm the whales. So have you had to put people's mind at ease as to what it is you plan on doing, or yeah. it, just expand a little bit on like the initial uh, relationship with them?
0: Yeah, a lot. And that, that's the main thing between Etsy and Aliexpress is that there's more, more work upfront because you need to contact the supplier. You can't just like grab a product and start selling. So you need to make make them trust you first. Show them your website. Make sure that they accept because if they don't accept, you can't do it. And then, yes, you do have to reassure them. You have to explain them uh, what you know dropship what dropshipping is because dropshipping has bad reputation because of a lot of you know morons out there that that don't do a good job and uh, they just you know work from the I don't know mom's basement or something. They never fulfill the products and then people think oh dropshipping is a scam. But it's not. It's just a system and it, it you know the scammer is uh, is is the person that is actually doing the business anyway. Uh, so yeah, you have to explain them that. You have to, uh, to again, make them trust you. And then when you do that, then it's okay. Then after it's the same process with any other supplier, but it's even stronger because you have communication with them. So if anything goes wrong, or if they have an yeah, issue with the product, which you will, because it doesn't matter the product, uh, you'll have return, you'll have uh, chargebacks, and you'll have people that complain for no reasons. Uh, at least you can contact with the supplier if you have a good, uh, good uh, relationship with them. They can replace the product for free. They can do a lot of things for that for, for you. They can give you extra discounts as well. It's, uh, again, it's a win-win situation and it's, yeah. When you do this, you, you don't want to go back to AliExpress. Uh,
1: and also I think too, you have such a, a finely honed a creative edge that mm-hmm. you can speak their language yeah. a lot more efficiently. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's important too. I would say for people who have that uh, creative mindset and that artistic mindset. Yeah. I think they would have a little bit of an easier time yeah. uh, negotiating with uh, people who also speak that same language.
0: Yeah, it's it's all about being honest, really, because we're just human beings. Yeah. If you show them that you actually truly care about what they do, because me, I'm excited about what I what I sell. That's the difference. I'm excited about what I sell. I love what I do. So when I sell something, when I want it, when I when I find a supplier, a product that, that I found super cool. I'm super excited. I'm like, a am like a kid in a toy store, you know? So like, I just tell them that I said, I love what they do and I would love to, you know, get more information about it and learn about it. And and they, they get excited too, because that's, their, it's their baby, you know, and and then that's how you create a bond. And, and yeah, it's, it's way more, uh, I mean, it's, it's real, you know, compared to just selling craps and stuff. It's just real. And it, it's, it's just more sustainable.
1: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties, if I were to go to a toy store, I would still get I would still be excited as soon as I get <laughs> to the Nerf guns. I, I just sound like an American. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <with> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I pick them, but I but I love their people. Yeah. Sorry. So you're you're also featured on Spocket, who specializes in U.S. and EU dropshipping suppliers. Yeah. The way I had the question prepared was comparing it to AliExpress. But we've we've kind of gone over the, <laughs> yeah. the basics of this. It's an easier to forge a relationship. AliExpress, the quality of it is. Well, you know, your reputation is uh, is brutal honesty, so you've done, you'll do a better job of characterizing it than I could. Yes. But let's just make sure. Are there any other pros and cons to the US and the EU versus AliExpress? And do you identify any pros to using AliExpress? Or in your view, is it just really not worth it at all for anybody?
0: I don't... Like, to be honest, I don't really recommend using AliExpress. That's not what I... Yeah, I just don't like it at all. But... If you are in a niche where you cannot find any other products anywhere else, uh, and you don't have a choice, which is pretty rare because you can always find something you know, on Amazon or anything, but if you can't find anything good as well, then use it, but you like do it in a smart way. So you're gonna use, well, because I at one point use AliExpress a little bit, but I use it to test the product to see if, they are, if it has traction. As soon as it shows the promises, I, you know, contact a, a private supplier or I hire an agent and I work with them. And then it's good because if you have a trustworthy agent, I provide a few uh, in my group as well for free. And then you can talk to them and they will tell you, okay, this product is really bad. This product is good. And that's the same thing as working with American suppliers. And you also have good shipping. So in that case, it's good. But we're just working with AliExpress. Like if your business is based around AliExpress, like for, you know, Uh, Scaling and everything, then I really don't recommend it. I think it's terrible, uh, and you will fail because it's not sustainable, and you just yeah, just going to lose your money, and you're going to make a lot of people unhappy, and that's not what business is about.
1: So I read through your uh, your Spocket featured article, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and at this very moment, uh, Google is still trying to convince me that it's spelled with an R. So they need to, they just need to let that one go, Um, (laughs) as as a starting point. You talk about the likelihood of making a successful business take off with no money, and that it's not likely at all. No. You make the case that $1,000 is roughly enough to get started, but yeah, you had about 5000 ready to go. So where does that $1,000 go to be effective?
0: Well, to be honest, I use that money mostly on ads, uh, testing sure. different products because I was, you know, obviously I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I didn't know how to select the product that would sell because again, you can't just sell the first product you see. Um, so mostly, mostly on ads, a bit on apps as well, but it's not, it's not much. It's mostly on ads. And like I said, I, w- I was pretty much in, you know, uh, in a new, like, how do you say, unexplored uh, territory because I was like selling products from Etsy and I didn't know anybody that was doing it, especially when the, in the culture, I was doing it. In. So it was pretty tough and uh, I was testing various products and without much success, but because I was actually selling good products, I still got a few sales right away. I got my first sale on my first day. And just because I was selling good stuff, but again, it, it's not enough to scale and be profitable, but it helps. So people recognize it recognize it right away. So I started having sales. But so it, so it, it was actually almost my, uh, a pitfall in the beginning. I don't know if I talked about it in, the, um, in, in this pocket article, but one of the issues that I uh, experienced is like I fell in love with the products that I was selling, which is a good mm-hmm. thing, but you also have to realize that at one point you have to stop. And pulled the plug because I was spending money and money just because I was addicted to the sound of the Shopify, uh, you know, catching noise. And uh, I was like super excited to get one sale, two sales a day. I didn't care. I was spending hundreds, of, hundreds of dollars a day to get like a twenty ten dollars profit margin, uh, on each sale. And uh, and yeah, you know, I lost a lot of money in the beginning. Like you know, part of those five k were lost like this, just because actually lost more than five k. Five k were the money that money that I lost, but I had a bit more than five k. And yeah, because it's just, it's just, I was spending and spending and spending and then it just, this money goes away, but I don't regret it. I mean, it's part, it's part of learning and I teach that to to people and I tell them that, yeah, just the right, I didn't have anybody telling me anything. So I just, you know, was just playing around and figuring things out.
1: Yeah. And that was a great article, by the way. Uh, I was tempted to ask you to just kind of like go through the steps, but that's... Mm-hmm. Yes, to take like the whole the whole rest of this. But what I would recommend to people is to check out that article uh, because what it does is it breaks down exactly how you got started with it yeah. and all the way through to a pretty impressive number once uh, it was all said and done. Mm-hmm. So next thing I want to ask you about, uh, and I'm excited to do this too because uh, you talk about food and that you're a chef and that's a passion of yours. Yeah. And everyone that I talk to has a unique background. The first affiliate marketer we spoke to, Paul Motley, his background was chemistry. He studied chemistry in school. And I was curious with him as to how his training in chemistry informed how he does his business. And he said, well, chemistry teaches you about formula and about breaking things into their smaller elements. When you understand things on the fundamental level, you can build upwards and to create the whole That's picture. Great. So, so with you and with your, uh, Michelin starred restaurant quality, uh, chef work, uh, how does your, your, your passion for cooking or if it does, how does that inform what you do in e-commerce?
0: Uh, mostly imagination and sensitivity. Also, you know, I'm very um, sensitive when it comes to details and making things really. I'm not. A, I mean, I used to be a perfectionist. I don't believe in it anymore because it slows you down. But. We really just seeing small details that other people don't see and that's really because of my uh culinary training because yeah, everything has to be perfect and you get yelled at all the time. So there is like a huge uh pressure. Your your brain gets wired that way. So imagination as well, because you have to think out of the outside of the box to invent new dishes and invent new things. And I think that's probably why i went with with etsy as well i just like reinvented the wheel which is something we usually do a lot in in the cleaner industry uh i don't i don't yeah i think outside of the box i think that's mainly because of it yeah
1: when i'm reading it it says that you you have um an honesty level that someone characterize as brutal yeah my guess is that was imparted onto you from the restaurant industry like you said you know you're getting shouted out a lot Is that, is that where it came from? Uh, is someone like Gordon Ramsay like the norm or is he the exception? Or is he like an exaggeration? There's no way, well, actually I shouldn't say that. I, maybe he is that way off camera, but go on.
0: He exaggerates a bit, but to be honest, it's close to that and it's everywhere. It's not just him. It's mostly every chef I like this. And the thing is I was actually despising people like this and then when I started Having employees and, and and telling people what to do, I started being aggressive as well. And I really looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, I'm turning into them, into one of them. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's just the the industry, man. It's so it's so it's such a low pressure. It's very not it's not a lot of money. It's so tiring physically and mentally that you get super aggressive and on a really basic level do so you just show your teeth all the time? And it's just, it, it, I didn't like how I was, you know, I was like cooking with my mom in the kitchen. I was aggressive to her because she was not cutting things quickly enough, you know? It's just like, now it's, it's over. But like, it's just when I think about it, it makes me laugh man now, but, but I was terrorizing everybody, even my girlfriend. Like, uh, I, I was like, like she was afraid of cooking me something because I'm going to tell her, oh, this is not like this. It's not like that. I was yelling, go quicker. It's just, it makes you <laughs> into an aggressive individual, it's true. So I understand why people become like this, but true, the Chef Ramsay stuff, it, it's actually true. People think it's just for the show, but it's not. It's actually true. And some people even worse people hit you, they burn you, they do crazy stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in the Korean industry that is not going uh, anywhere else because in the, in the, it's almost like a mafia, you know, the, the current industry, everybody knows everybody else. And mm-hmm. uh, if you dare talk about a chef or like a famous chef or something, you'll never find a good job in another good kitchen, like ever. So pretty much you have to shut up and not say anything and take it on the chin. And, and it's just, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that at all because it's just so unfair. And like some kids that were making, you know, the kids, Learning in the kitchen, they were fifteen years old, fourteen years old, and they were making them cry. It's just, it's just I, I don't know. I think it's, it's just a bad mindset, but it is what it is. And again, it's just it, it teaches aggressivity, and I don't think I don't think it's a it's a it's a good thing for sure.
1: Yeah, Ramsey being a television star. <laughs> It promotes negativity, and even I have to admit, some of his, some of his lines are killer. There was, there was one that I remember, I must have seen like five years ago, and it still makes me laugh, where he says, this turkey is so undercooked that a skilled surgeon can save its life. <laughs> All right, that was, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's good, but actually, that's the thing. Most chefs, they don't have this humor, but they are very aggressive and very mean. Uh, I had a few chefs like, when I was actually trained in Paris, I had my main chef. He he had like this sense of humor. He was aggressive, but he had this sense of humor, but he also had a big heart. So he was a good person. He's a great person. But it's just like he was roughing me up a bit. And uh, him I actually like because I don't mind somebody being aggressive with me if they want to teach me something, they want me to learn and yeah. they just expect great things from me. It's it's fine. I just don't like somebody being mean just to be mean and not teaching anything, you know, and uh, and that's that's what I'm against. But yeah, uh this, this, the, the, in the the chef humor is pretty funny and it's not just Ramsey it's just like at one point we're cooking we're doing like a, an assignment on, on fish and we're cooking fish and there was one of my colleagues that overcooked the fish and, uh, and he said uh, he said yeah, he apologize to the fish he, he died for nothing and, <laughs> uh, and it's just it's just the way it is you know and the guy wasn't laughing when he said it it just was it was dead serious and uh, it's just yeah it's just the way it is it's a really really uh, weird industry it's just Yeah. And it's super old. And and, and the reason it's like this is because most people that go, that's why I think I I didn't blend in as well as much, is most people that go into this uh, industry don't have much education. Uh, You know, it's mostly people that fail at school, but early on, like when they were, you know, very young, like 12, 13, and they couldn't make it at school, so they went to culinary school. So you have a lot of people that are very basic minds and yeah, if you're basic and if you don't understand how to communicate and stuff like this, you're an aggressive person. And if you, somebody was aggressive with you since the beginning, then you're going to be aggressive as well. And it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I I, I, I like you, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty sensitive guy too. And you know, I, I'll take my criticism on the chin. And like you, I, I don't feel like uh, meanness is really worth, you know, it's, it's worth the oxygen you know when i when i was younger you know in high school and in college yeah. people were being dicks to each other it's, it's it's all it's all fun and games but you know i'm in my, my 30s now i got bills to pay i'm like i don't want to put up with people who are like this yeah. uh, and, yeah. and and the thing that i especially don't like is when the meanness is paired with the criticism like if somebody is being rude or, or is just you know, being toxic even but then they also have a valid criticism i feel like that really that doesn't do the education side of it any favors, mm-hmm. because I think when people are attacked like that, they repel the ideas as yeah. well as they repel, yeah, yeah, and it actually yeah. ends up making people worse in the long run.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Definitely. I completely agree. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't know yeah. that in the in the in <laughs> the industry, they don't know that they just push until you break or you bend, you know, uh, they just, yeah, just the way it is.
1: Yeah. I got one more point to, uh, to make about it. One more question. I did want to ask you about the culinary industry and then I'll, uh, yeah. I'll let it go. Sure but you know, my, my, my curiosity, I have to rein it in. I mean, one point that I observe about, you know, the restaurant industry and the, and the food industry as a whole is that a lot of people are adept at it. You know, there are some really gifted chefs out there and I, you know, you're, you you, you, clearly got it, got mm-hmm. the gift as well, but also everybody's in, is around food, like everybody encounters food. So it's possible that everybody who could be a chef has the chance to discover that. Whereas everybody who could be a NASCAR driver or an astronaut probably won't get the chance to discover that because there's no way for people to encounter that. So in yeah. that sense, there is a broad scope of who is uh, uh, exposed to that potential talent. I yeah. mean There's lots of things I might be good at that I'll never know because I might yeah. never be in in an operating table or I might never yeah. be uh, in, a, in a NASCAR.
0: Yeah, but that's also an issue, actually because that's exactly what you said and I, I think i talked about this with my dad recently the main thing about cooking is because everybody cooks pretty much i mean we not everybody's not like professional cooks but everybody you know pretty much boils an egg or does something like that and i think it makes them feel entitled like they feel like they uh. know food so they're going to judge they're going to be customers are extremely hard and so you could make the best food in the world in uh, the eyes of a professional chef a random person is going to tell you it tastes like shit I just, That's just it's just the way it is and and it's just mine wobbling to me but it's just the way it is it's just because we all have different uh, i don't know what to say in english but different palate you know if you can say that uh, yeah i know that is the word uh, and uh, and it's just we don't feel this thing the same way and you have to educate your palate you have to really learn things about taste different you know different flavors and stuff. It's like when you're a kid, you just like pasta and whatever. But then you grow up and you start liking other stuff like oysters, wine, and different things. It's the same thing with adults. Some people that were never exposed to great food and they were just eating fast food their whole life. And trust me, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people like that. If you give them refined food, they're gonna tell you it, it it sucks because to them it tastes bad. And that's where it's pretty hard is you really have to adapt because you can't convince any, uh, it's like everything, you can't make everybody happy. Even if you have the best steak or the best whatever, you're always going to have somebody that's going to tell you, I don't like it because you always uh, ate overcooked steak or overcooked fish, is going to tell you, oh, my fish isn't the cook, but no, it's not on the cook, it's the way it should be cooked. And uh, and it's, that's very hard uh, when you deal with uh, with customers in general in, in the culinary industry, it's because of that, because everybody, like you said, are exposed to it compared to like a race driver uh or not even that because people drive but like an astronaut yeah for sure people have no idea what it is but cooking they think they do and a lot of people think they're actually specialists you know if you listen to other people they're going to tell you oh i'm going to make you my specialty you're going to see you're going to see and it's just to me as a chef it's hard because every time i eat at someone somebody's place they make me try a lot of things they tell me what do you think when you think and it's just we don't have the same level but it's just not their fault it's just like i that's what i do i eat things you know i go in different Pastry shops and different restaurants just to try a different flavor. I just that's my passion. So we don't we're not on the same level. So when I'm going to try a random thing, I'm not going to like it because I'm going to think it's too garlicky. But for them, it's enough because they don't have you know what I mean. They don't have the same uh, sensitivity to food, and that's where it's a bit hard to connect into people that are not like me. You know, that's that's the hardest
1: part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from my experience in the, in the comedy community, uh, obviously laughter is something everybody is exposed to or at least fingers crossed, right?
0: And,
1: And so the comedy community can be pretty brutal, but what is an advantage to it? And maybe, uh, this is, it's not quite as open in the restaurant industry, but people can go to open mics to just try their material out. And so if they suck, they'll find out. Yeah, and and then and then some people they they say they're determined and they keep going, uh, and then maybe they they make a breakthrough, but yeah. there is that pushback there and there is that harshness to it. Now I don't think there is such a thing as like an open mic in in food. Like I think you still have to get a job. Yeah, uh, you have to get hired. and You have to get paid for it. Maybe. So uh, that that ramps up the pressure because okay, well now I'm earning money for it. Yeah, yeah. There there's an idea is uh, some way for people to have like an open table concept where people can. And, and customers, they know that the chefs are trying out so they can rate the food and say, no, yeah, this yeah, garbage yeah. just made me vomit.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. That's a pretty cool idea. But yeah, it's pretty similar to uh, to comedy, like you said, because everybody laughs, but everybody has different sense of humor and something that might be funny for somebody, it won't be funny for somebody else. And it's pretty much the same thing with cooking. Somebody that tastes good for someone is not going to taste good for somebody else. That's why like the way I cook, like if I cook for my dad, if I cook my my girlfriend, if I cook for anyone, I'm always going to adapt... To their taste, because I know them, I know what they like. I know which, how I can push the seasoning. Right. How I can push certain things. I don't do the same thing for everybody else, because I know that everybody has their own cliche in their head of what a perfect dish is, and that's where it's a bit uh, tricky. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's a, it's reading the room, right? Yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so this is the point that you make in the content that you've put out: is the differentiation between this is not a hobby. This is this is a serious business. Yeah, and I wanted to uh, square that with something else that's been going through my mind as I talk to people. Is that so? You 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 obviously you know uh, Shishir Nagam. Uh, him and his partner are still working full time. They had they kept their full time job even when they got into dropshipping. So it wasn't that they had to abandon what they were doing to focus on this, but they did have to take it seriously. So, uh, what would you say is the recommended time required to, to do this? And how does somebody have the mindset to take it seriously while still taking other things seriously?
0: So yeah, like you said, it's definitely possible. People did it like, like Shishanigan, for sure they did, but like me, I couldn't, I had to focus on one thing and, and I wanted to stop everything and just focus on this entire thing. If you want to uh, combine uh, both things, you have to be organized. So if you work from, you have a nine to five, Come back at five, you can't just play video games and watch Netflix. You need to, uh, you know, do what you have to do if you have kids or whatever. Of course, you have to take care of the kids, but then for an hour and two, and then you have to be to work from uh, seven to midnight every day. And mm-hmm. there's it, it no way around it. Like, it's just if you want to make things happen, and I'm sure they did, I'm sure they made a lot of sacrifices because they didn't have a lot of time. So, they and they are, they, they are hard working for sure. I see uh, how much he works on, on the dropshipping council and stuff, and he, he has more work now. So, it definitely uh, works a lot, and you can tell. It's that's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. people think when I say it's not a hobby, it means that you can't expect it to, you can't expect to succeed easily and make a lot of money quick. Which I, which most people think it's the case. They think just going to start, they're going to crush it. They're gonna become rich, they're gonna buy the Lamborghini, and that's it. You know, that that's pretty much <laughs> what people think. And I just and that's what to come back to what you said earlier when you said people I'm direct and people think I'm pretty brutal. And it's not just only from the current industry, it's just that I hate bullshit, man. I'm allergic to it. I always love fairness and I always love people being nice to each other, and I always hated people lying to each other. That's why I hate most gurus with a passion and I can mention the name i don't care i really don't care uh it's just that lying to somebody that is going to save that money for so long and then you're going to spend on your stupid course and not get anything out of it i just think it's it's stealing and this those people should go in jail literally and and that's why i'm so direct and i I tell people listen like if you don't he- want to hear the truth then don't listen to me i'm not going to tell you what you want to hear i'm just going to be honest and to me, there's no bullshit and you can't make money quick. That's that's guaranteed. And you, it's it's like everything like I've tried a lot of th- things in my life. And every time I realize, oh, I'm going to do this because it seems easy. It wasn't. It's never easy. And uh, you have to push through it. That's why it's important to enjoy the journey. And when you do then you push through it and it happens at one point. There's no secret. Like I'm no genius. Like I'm not. I, I it's just, yeah, I'm a normal guy. And I just because I, I worked hard and I use good sense uh, and logic and I made it happen. That's it. And everybody can, but most people are lazy. And, and you couldn't believe how many people are actually lazy, man. Actually, students that I, t- I gave the whole blueprint to. And just don't do it. They just don't do it. They have the course. They have everything. They have me. They, they can speak to me. And then they give up after a month. And they say, oh, this is not for me. Or, uh, no, this is t- this takes too long. It's just, it's insane. It's just insane to me. But yeah, it is what it is. If they want to get scammed, then I guess they can go see those big gurus. <laughs> and lose yeah. their money, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I just like yesterday and the day before I split it in two, but I watched uh, the Karate Kid uh, for the first time. Are you Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew the story, but no,
0: no, no. no, no. It's just I'm saying this because I, I started watching two days ago. There's a Karate Kid as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, yeah, Okay, I'm hang on. I
1: think I, I, I think I know why this happened. Uh, did you get into Cobra Kai? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, that, was, yeah, yeah. that was it. I watched, yeah, 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 yeah. I came out on Netflix. I was excited to watch it. I'm like. Gosh darn it! All right, I gotta go. I gotta go. rewatch the Karate Kid. Yeah, uh, because I do, I do I, martial I'm arts. I'm having dreams now. I'm having dreams now where I'm in a dojo and I'm training.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's cool, man. Like I, I, I do martial arts, so I, I was interested by Cobra Kai. I didn't know Karate Kid or anything. And then yeah, like you said, I started, I watched. I finished watching the first, and now I'm watching the second. Uh, yeah, that's mm. <laughs> funny.
1: Yeah, I, 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 love the the. I'm not gonna say anything, but uh, <laughs> the, the the season finale in that is like. Some of the coolest TV. Yeah, it was uh, really cool. It was really yeah, it's, cool. yeah it's, it's great. So, well, anyways, the, the reason why I bring it up, other than the gush, <laughs> is that um, one of as spoiler alert for people who yeah. do, don't, don't want to put this on pause is that he's training with uh, with his with his uh, sensei, Mr Miyagi, and Mr yeah. Miyagi takes him through these muscle memory exercises yeah. where he's just painting a fence, yeah. uh, standing yeah, yeah, in the yeah, floor, yeah. waxing yeah. the car, and he doesn't get it. Yeah, and. But he has to. He he has to trust uh, his sensei. His sensei doesn't tell him why he's doing it, yeah. and it's almost like if I tell you why, you might resist the idea, or you might not learn it the way you're supposed to learn it. Yeah. It's almost like there needs to be that that moment of doubt in order to have that breakthrough.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because uh, the thing is, things that yield uh, results are not sexy. You know, creating a brand. It's not sexy to most people. It's way more sexy to people tell them, "Oh, just gonna create a quick store and make uh, a crazy ton of money in two days." Everybody wants that, you know. So mm-hmm. everybody's gonna get gonna react towards that, and that's why if you don't tell them, just say, "Listen, trust the process. You have to do it, and that's how you're gonna build. You're gonna build the house, build the foundations, and then you're going to make the money." And yeah, like I, I, I really, uh, I can relate to this when, uh, same thing, when uh, Mr. Miyagi and, and uh, the painting the fence and crushing the car, same thing. I was thinking like, that's pretty much what I do with the students. I try to teach them the, the good basics of what to do that are not sexy, that are not cool, but then after uh, it pays off. And I think it's just a good metaphor to life as well, that you build yourself up. Otherwise, like, for example, uh, me, like I wasn't in the comments before, but everything that I did the, the cooking, the, the the fact that I traveled a lot and I talked to a lot of people, that I worked in different industries and stuff, it really shaped me into who I am. And I, and I think that's why I started being successful, just because it's not like a, I was a finished product and I started working on e and then boom, I just made it with No, it's just like all of these things, all of those failures, I failed so much. Like I failed like a huge amount of time in my, in my life and I still do. And I, I learned a lot of things. And it's just, that's what led me to being successful. It's not just from zero to a hundred. It's just not like that. And people don't get it. And when you tell them that, they just don't. They just want to hear about the fancy car and the fancy girlfriend and the fancy house. And that's
1: it, yeah. That's reasonable. You know, I, I mean, I've met uh, a lot of people who, they, they can't handle failure. And oh yeah, I like I, to them, it comes from that association where if they fail, someone was probably brutal with them. Or and not, not yeah, yeah, like... Yeah mean right they were they they conditioned them to avoid failure when you know failure is a learning process it's something that people need to embrace to a certain extent in order to understand both sides of something you understand success the more you understand failure i think the more you end up understanding success the same you know same goes with me i failed plenty like i i think i failed by the time i I woke up to the time we started this interview like it just it just happens and I don't know if I'm ever going to like feel good about failing, but I recognize, uh, that feeling in my brain where it, it hurts, but Mm -hmm. it's like the same way our muscles hurt when we've been working them out. Like I refer to as smarting where we're just, okay, my, my brain is recovering and it's getting stronger. And you know, me going through, going through school, I have to overcome a lot of that, a lot of that awful behavior from, from other students who they take the learning process and they corrupt it and, uh, and and it's difficult so i so i so i have sympathy for people who can't yeah can't fail but you know i've i've overcome plenty of crap so if yeah. i can if well, i can do it they can do it
0: yeah same thing as you i think that i i didn't have a choice like i had dyslexia i was failing the whole time i couldn't i, I didn't you know pass classes and i had bad grades i was always the weird kid so I, I, was, I was always failing all my life until, you know, at one point I started liking what I did because I, because I, did, I hated everything. I hated school. I hated everything. So yeah. I, when I started liking something and, and being, becoming good at it and then I started having results, then I realized, okay, I can make it happen, but just it takes time, like everything. But I felt so much and now, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't say I like it, but it doesn't bother me. I just see it as a part of the process. Mm -hmm. and it pushes me to to move forward and yeah like you said people that i i I truly believe and i'm just 100 convinced that if you can't fail if you cannot accept failure you're never going to succeed ever because you can't just like do like this it's always going to be like this and like this until you reach the final the final there's no final step actually it's always you know it's not it's 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 a journey It, it never ends but uh, yeah, you have to be okay with failure, and, and I like this guy. I think maybe you probably know him, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Uh,
1: I haven't I haven't talked to him yet. Uh, no, 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 he's
0: uh, he's like a multi million dollar uh, entrepreneur. Gary V. is like he has the the, okay. the Gary V. show and stuff. Uh, he's a famous, very very famous guy. Uh, he uh, he says that all the time. He says that he actually enjoys losing, enjoys failing. And uh, it's pretty much the engine of his career, and that's why he, he did what he did, and it's, it's huge. So it's just yeah, it, it's it is no secret here. It's not it's nothing nothing crazy. It's just simple moving forward, education, and yeah, enjoying the the, the, the process.
1: Excellent. All right, we're getting pretty close to uh, to wrap up.
0: Sure.
1: So I got two uh, two more uh, prep for you. Go ahead. So one of your videos is you talk about this big picture idea known as the ecom puzzle. Oh yeah, that's right. And, it's, and it is fascinating to me, partially because out of all of the the training that I've been through with uh, with the Beautify, with all the people that I've talked to so far, either somebody said it, but it was so like swiftly that yeah. it didn't register, or no one said it at all. Yeah. So, can you explain it to somebody like me who's hearing it for the first time? Is like, what is it is that you characterize as the ecom puzzle?
0: Yeah. So pretty much, the e-com puzzle uh, is composed of every single piece that makes e commerce. So. The thing that explains people is, to be successful, you can have, in e-commerce, you could have the best ads ever that I was ever made. If you don't have um, the proper website with a proper marketing strategy, with a proper you know, product, you're not going to sell. So the idea of the e puzzle is to have all of these pieces together, the Facebook ads, the Pinterest ads, the website, the marketing, the branding, uh, the product description, the re- reviews, Everything needs to be combined for it to work and like an engine, pretty much. If you have one piece missing, it's going to make you make a noise or the car's not even going to start. It's the same thing. Uh, you need to have all of these pieces together to make it work. And it, it's, it's that simple, to be honest. But most people don't get it and they tend to rush that puzzle. So they tend to, for example, they're going to create a website very quickly. They're not going to respect the steps and they're going to make a very, very bad looking website. And uh, then they're going to have a great ad and great everything, but then they won't understand, oh, I'm not converting. I'm not getting sales. And then they don't know where the issue is coming from. And that's the scariest part in e-commerce. And I tell people that's why you have to start step-by-step. Great website, then great branding, then great great uh, marketing. And if you have all of this, all of these steps then you know what's happening you're not doubting yourself anymore you like, okay it can't be the website because the website's great it can't be the branding because the branding is great so it must be the product so at least you eliminating issues and you know where to see and that's how i made like, like that's i think one of my strengths i'm very i'm a very logic and i use common sense uh, a lot uh, for everything in my life and i think that's why like i make things happen just because i organize things that way and i i just realize okay Okay, so this is not working because I I I was struggling for a very long time in job shipping, and then I'm like, okay, this is not working, but everything else is good now. So it must be this, and it was, and and that's pretty much the composite. That's why I try to teach it for people to understand that it's a it's a it's a piece, it's a whole, it's a whole plan, mm-hmm. and to complete it, yeah, the, like the right way to make it work. Pretty much, that's that's just uh, the idea.
1: Something that never really uh, occurred to me before, but when people see the work of an artist they're amazed by it sometimes they think wow how how did you do that and i think where an artist excels is that artists see the logic in something that other people don't Mm. like they see the logic in creating a picture or in a sculpture or Mm. in a a meal so it is it all comes back to logic but i think different people have different yeah of course logical skill sets
0: yeah yeah yeah. we don't have the, the the same logic i i see with friends i see with my girlfriend and so on we don't think the same way we, we we both we both have we all have common sense but we don't use it the same way and it's just yeah everybody's different in their in their you know unique ways
1: yeah same with my girlfriend we played connect four and she beat me 17 times in a row <laughs> <laughs> so she would, uh, whatever it is she's got I ain't got it <laughs> so we're 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 ready to wrap up uh usually what I do uh for our last or question or talking point or whatever it is yeah. you want to characterize it as is I just want to hand you the floor one last time in case there's any other wisdom or advice or like first steps that you want to encourage people to to engage in I suspect that you'll want to let people know once again about your uh, your, your programs as well all of which can be paid for for under a hundred dollars which is pretty darn good so
0: that's right Except the, except the Pinterest, the Pinterest course that is like about four hundred something with the discount. Uh, okay, okay, uh, that's mistake. the main thing because uh, yeah, it's a bigger, it's a, it's a newest thing, so it's more expensive. But the uh, dropshipping gold, which is my mastermind, obviously the link's going to be available uh, at the end of the podcast. Uh, yep. Is yeah, it's just a membership, forty-seven dollars a month, where I share unique videos, exclusive videos that I don't share anywhere else. And you can you can also talk to me directly on Messenger, so not anybody else, just me. And you can ask me questions, and I reply uh, via voice messages, and share my wisdom, and just share whatever. Yeah, just share any. uh, Just sorry, reply to any of your questions, and uh, yeah, people really like it. I don't promote it at all. That's the thing because I want it small, so I don't promote it via ads and stuff. So I know everybody in there, like in a group, and uh, some of them actually become really good friends of mine. So it's a cool, it's a cool community.
1: You've, uh, you've left me with, uh, an inspiration today when I asked you about the e puzzle, because there was this through line of everybody that I've talked to is that nobody edges anybody else out. Like, even if two people do kind of the same thing, they both find their own way of approaching it. And so from an, on a personal level, each person has their own personal puzzle, but today I realized for the first time is that there is a bigger puzzle as well and because there is a bigger picture to be formed yet. And I can, se- I can certainly see how you fit into that puzzle uh, and you bring your own unique piece to it. So for one, congratulations on your success. And thank you thank you, thank you for your time.
0: Thank you so much for, uh, for having me. It was, uh, it was great. It was really fun.
1: Terrific. All right, guys, I will see you next time. You might have found this show on many number of platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, google play stitcher or right here on debutify whatever the case if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive please take a few moments to leave a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best we also want to hear from you so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show you can email podcast at or connect with us on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.